I have something that might change all of this. The SportsZilla Show. Well, first thing is, I'll say the Syracuse faithful are, are some of the most passionate fans out there because I, I said his name as Marek Dolajai, which was not correct. It's Marek Dolajai. Fans across Twitter torched me for that. So I, I am going to spotlight Marek. <laughs> okay, now let's try this again. One more time, pronounce his name for the Syracuse faithful, and they'll they'll cut you some slack, Luke. I appreciate it. I told him I'd get it right, but Marek Dolajai. You're all muted. Okay, I can do this all day. The SportsZilla Show podcast is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Or find it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ESPN Syracuse. At ESPNUR and at ESPN SportsZilla. The SportsZilla Show starts now with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Well, leave that, leave that music up, man. That's like the perfect, perfect vibe to come in here. It's larger than life. I it's, agree. It's big. It's like the Friday news dump. We got a Friday news dump. Did you know that? Uh, no, really? Of significance, though. You realize that if you're Jimmy Bayheim, you look good in orange. Better than red, I think, or the crimson or whatever you want to call it. And I don't think it really surprises everybody. I suppose they tried to go downwind so we didn't pick up the scent. Yeah, I'm making all these analogies. There you are in the plains, in the fields. You're in Africa, right? And you're out there. And you're Jimmy Bayheim, and you're that gazelle. Or maybe you can be a zebra if you want to. I mean, pick something that is the prey of the lion. Because you, me, and every other member of the media, especially those that would cover Syracuse Orange basketball, we just been sitting there laying back in the weeds in the tall grass past couple of days. The rumors have been out there. This is a dumb analogy, but continue. Oh, I know it is. Okay. It's no dumber than Jody Watley from a guy that likes Oingo Boingo. If you heard what Pauly was saying with her final takes today while he's ripping on Capozzi, Jeremiah was a bullfrog a few minutes ago. This is still better. Okay. Because we've been sitting back there. We've been waiting. He's the prey. When's the announcement? When's the announcement? When's the announcement? We've been hearing it for a couple days. It might be coming in the next couple. Could have been yesterday. Maybe today. There it is at 1 o'clock. Jimmy Bayheim coming home. Not really a big surprise. I personally think it's fantastic, not just for the basketball, but for the human element of this. Where else was he going to go? Who else has a unique opportunity like the Bayheim family, but specifically Jimmy in this situation, to play for his father, I mean, we're talking like the the pantheon of coaches here, the Mount Rushmore of coaches here. Say what you want, but that's the facts. You're wrong if you look at it any other way. I'm sorry, but you are. If you have the opportunity to play for Jim Beheim with what he represents in college basketball and in the Hall of Fame, how do you not do that? He had zero intention of this happening, and then a pandemic hit, and then Cornell didn't play basketball, and then he's just been sitting there wanting to play the opportunity presented itself. He's the man in Cornell. He's proven on the court, playing against Syracuse, for example, that he can hang at this level. And I'm glad you brought that up because there'd be no reason for him to leave Cornell unless it was go to play for his father. He's not necessarily playing 38 minutes a game, but he's going to contribute, and there's skill there, and there's size there. There's basketball IQ there. There's work ethic there. And then there's, hey, man, I want to play with my dad and my brother because I got a couple of years that I can do this. And I can't do this at any other point in my life. Why do you not seize that opportunity? That's and, it. And uh, there won't be any chemistry issues between the Bayheims and possibly Joe Girard. And I don't know if you want to come in loving this or hating this. You're entitled to your opinions. We're 
more than welcome to, um, I guess we'll read them, we'll react to them, we'll respond to them, we'll get started with that at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. As well. I'm coming in hot today, aren't I? Yes, you are. Sportzilla Show ESPN Radio. My name is Rain. Matt Page is here. Uh, let me just pause for a second. We're going to talk about Jimmy Beheim going to the Q's quite a bit today. I'll lay out the guests for you in just a second, get through our game plan and everything else that we're going to do. But yeah, Polly, Polly, you like Oingo Boingo. Polly has an Oingo Boingo tattoo. Jody Wally. Doesn't he do some 80s show on one of our brother stations? Uh, Polly, yes. Total yes. eclipse of the of the 80s or something. That along, is correct, yes. Along those lines. That's where your taste in music lies, buddy. Um, you got to step up your game a little bit. That, that was a horrible Dang, take. shots fired by you. That was worse than mine. Oh, man. Yeah, but he's in a good place with his Padres right now. So, you know, whatever I say, rubber glue bounces off. You know what I'm saying. You've heard that before. Blue guy, okay, I'm done with my take on Jimmy Beheim coming home. What is yours? I think it's fantastic. I'm glad he chose to go to Syracuse. As I just said, it didn't make much sense for him to leave Cornell and go to another program if it wasn't for playing with his father and his brother. Man. That's what I think. I don't know. I I feel really good about this uh, program this year. Do- uh, the basketball program, I feel like, and I asked you before we jumped on the air, I feel like it's going to be better than last year's program. I'm just wondering what we do to spell Joe Girard, point guard. I know that's a big question. That's a question I have. And, and yeah, there's some solutions, but I'm going to ponder that a little bit more before I come in hot with that. I'm anxious to hear what Axe's evaluations of all of this is. After 4 o'clock, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. He had, well, I mean, it's not like Jim told us what Jimmy was going to do, but Jim called in yesterday and addressed a whole bunch of issues. That was good to hear. Uh, that included Sidibe, who will be back. There are 10 scholarship players right now. We're going to go over all of them with Matthew Gutierrez from The Athletic. Uh, we'll do that at about 2.30. We'll open up the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line and actually have... Um, yeah, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Capozzi joined us at that point. We could talk some NFL with him, though, and a few other things. We will get his thoughts on Jimmy. I want everybody's opinions on that. Blaze Fagiano is going to join us. If you don't know who he is, if you're in the Syracuse side of, of listening to the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio, he's Utica College football's coach. Utica College, or excuse me, Utica Rome listeners, 96.5 FM, are very familiar with Blaze. Um, but he's he's reaching out. They're doing something to help fellow coaches in central New York, so, and not just in Utica. We're going to talk to him about that. Plus, he's a Bills fan and a Browns fan, and they signed Clowney, so we'll talk a little bit of football with him. You're going to like what he has to say. He has, uh, on a D3 level, but a lot of similar characteristics, in my opinion, to Dino. Where his Interesting. Why do you say that? Because his guys love him. His players absolutely love him. And Blaze has a big personality. One thing as a Syracuse football fan, if you look at the one in ten record, you cannot take away from that team till the last second ticked off the clock in that horrible, awful, rotten, terrible pandemic caused season is the players fought hard. They did the best they could. The unattainable one hundred and ten percent. Not one player on that roster quit on the program, on themselves, on their teammates, or on Dino Babers. And that is exactly the way it is for those that play for Blaze Fagiano. So you're going to like to hear from him at about 3.30. Uh, yeah, and just, you know what? Good dudes, great character, leaders of young men, helping guide them through their, you know, the college football careers, but also out into the real world and life far after that. And you know what? 
Jimmy's got a long life to live after basketball, but like I said, you got a couple of years where you can play for your father under these circumstances. I think it's just one year of eligibility left. Is it? Is it? Yes. Yeah, I think it is one. Uh, but the bottom line is, when you have a completely unique opportunity like this, you take it. How could you not take it? You said that you're absolutely right. What else was he going to do? I mean, we were joking. Like, was he going to go to Georgetown in the Big East? No, he's not. Is he going to go play for Duke? No, he's not going to play for Duke. I don't think he wanted. He's not going anywhere else in the ACC. I don't think any of us were necessarily surprised, but we did want ultimately the confirmation. And uh, just uh, straight up to Jimmy Beheim, we're very happy for you, man. Welcome home. Do what's best for you. Welcome home. First game of the day on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio is called Does It Matter? Does it matter? It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Does it matter? Does it matter that Tiana went undrafted and signed with the Phoenix Mercury? Well, I'm going to give you a few comments from her in soundcheck a little bit later. She's got the right attitude about this. I'm sure she's disappointed. She actually said, I didn't score enough. But boy, could she dish the rock. And I think uh, any team in the WNBA wants somebody that is selfless, that helps her teammates out. She's going to be fine. I think, and I don't know if anybody would say this, but I think they're a little bit scared because of her battle with health on a long-term investment. And they just want to see her get a little bit farther away from that. And, And I unfortunately think that might be part of it. I don't know if, or was it based purely on basketball? I think all things have to be considered. I would wonder, I would ask, I don't know if I would get answers from GMs. You know what I mean? Probably not, no. I don't think you would, but uh, you know what? You made a mistake if you didn't draft. Also uh, short for the league as well at being only Mm 5'6", so I'm sure that plays into it as well. Absolutely. She's going to the Phoenix Mercury. We know that she signed there. That is also another thing that we'll discuss with Matthew Gutierrez in just a few minutes. Uh... But yeah, I think she's going to end up doing okay, right? I gotta, I've got i got to believe somebody like Tiana that fights the way that she did to get back on the court. And she played well. All-time assist leader for the SU women's basketball team. She's going to persevere through this. And she's going to work harder than anyone yeah. on that training camp roster. Yeah, uh, that's a, another former Syracuse athlete that I would like to congratulate on the next step in her journey. Uh, she's going to do well. We're happy for you, Tiana. There is no doubt about that. Does it matters on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio? You know, you know. By the way, you know what matters. Um, I shouldn't have come in as hot as I did. For those that are watching on Twitch, I forgot to take my little beanie off because it's a little chilly out today. I it wore is. it in. I left it in. I left it on my head. It's trapping the heat. I, I noticed. Uh, I'm hot right now, dude. You're, like, hot, you're hot and bothered? Literally, metaphorically, like it, I just am. Okay. I'm feeling it. I think it matters, man. I, it mattered. I was hyped for this decision, even though I knew and kind of like 99% sure what it was going to be. There's a little bit of doubt that creeps in, and you go, hmm, I wonder. But yeah, that matters. You just don't know until it's official. Yeah, it's a great decision. You got a couple more questions for me quick? Does it matter that your New York Rangers have had two straight shutouts? Yeah, Shesterkin is really starting to develop uh, their goalie into exactly what the Rangers expected him to be, the heir apparent to Henrik Lundqvist, and the performance is really there right now. And by the way, Henrik Lundqvist, the king, of course, man, his battle with the heart issues and the open-heart surgery, that's a thing where you just worry about quality of life after sports. So stick to sports. That's a whole other thing. We'll get to that in 
just a few minutes. But I, I wanted to throw in Panarin playing at an elite level eight, the the youngest team in the league. I believe that the average, if you if you break it down, is like twenty two. Wow, that's on impressive. the Rangers. If you're a Rangers fan, you're good right now. I don't know about playoffs. Yeah, we're talking playoffs, but they're, they're dangerous. They've got Zabinijad is of course kind of rounded back into form. They got some depth. They've got some good players on this team, and they got a couple of guys on the elite level as far as scoring that can do some damage when things tighten up in the playoffs. Playoff hockey is on another level, and in some people, that's the only time they watch hockey. They just wait for the playoffs. Then again, I think that might happen with a lot of NBA fans too. They're casual throughout the year, and then you get into it. I feel like that definitely happened with uh, MLB as well. I got time for one more if you do, glue guy. Does it matter that the Celtics beat the Lakers last night? Uh, <laughs> you know, it was a blowout in the making, but the Celtics do have some issues. Yes, they do. And they let the Lakers chip back into that a little bit. But Without LeBron, without Anthony Davis, it should have been a cakewalk, and it wasn't. Where is that Jalen Brown all the time? He was obscene. Agreed. 85% shooting last night. How many three-pointers did he hit? <laughs> Too many. He made like 11 or 12 straight shots. What a performance from him. That's something you got to be happy about that you know that uh, Jason Tatum kind of has, you know, a Batman and Robin thing going right there. Yeah. All right, I'll give it to you. See, I'll be nice to your Celtics even though I don't want to. You're playing nice in the sandbox? Yeah, because I'm going to hate on the Red Sox later even though they're in first place. Let's take a break right there. It's uh, Odds Makers next. We'll ask the question, what are the odds? Yeah, we'll play some percentages on our version of Bad Beats, ESPN Radio and the Sportsilla Show, and that's all next. Oh, by the way, we, we have to reframe something because did you know that Jimmy Beheim is actually – Transferring to Qs? Yes. Okay, good. What are the odds? This is Odds Makers. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Benny Williams is the most important player that will be in the program coming into the Syracuse basketball program next year. Obviously a five-star recruit. That's not what we're trying to say Jimmy Beheim is, but this is a big deal and a good thing for a whole bunch of different reasons. I, I mean, put yourself in Jimmy's shoes. I, I didn't say Jimmy choose. I said Jimmy shoes, but I almost said Jimmy choose, didn't I? Uh, yes, he did. Twitch poll. Did Rain say Jimmy choose and thinks he said Jimmy shoes? <laughs> yes or no? And is Oingo Boingo trash, Polly? No, but the fact of the matter is... But it's cool, though. You get to go yeah. play for your father. You get to go play with your brother. You're never going to have that opportunity ever again. You know what? Here's the thing. With the immediate hate that I don't understand or the negativity, okay? it Let them play on the court in a Syracuse uniform, in a game, evaluate his performance, and then if you go, oh, yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, you know, I get that. You, you can, I guess, critique or criticize the performance, but you haven't seen it in this uniform yet. Give him the opportunity. Give him the chance. It's April 16th, and you're already poo-pooing on him showing up. I have a feeling he's going to do a few things throughout the course of the year when given his opportunities where you're going to go, nice. All right, Jimmy Bayheim, Jimmy, not just Jim. Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, he's going to do okay in his Jimmy Choose. He won't be playing in them. He'll be wearing sneakers, I assure you. What are the odds he wears sneakers and not Jimmy Choo's? Oh, 100%. Thank you very much. Let's play odds makers. Uh, Matt and Rain here on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. What are the odds that you're excited about Benny Williams since I brought him up? 100%. Uh, 100% for him and Jimmy Beheim 
arriving on campus. Absolutely. And and Samir and Cole. And I'm, I'm hyped to see how this roster plays out. And there's uh, Samir could be the backup point guard that you were asking about earlier. Duh. Yeah. Because you know what they call that when you just forget a name momentarily? It's called a brain fart. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's your guy right there. So I think we're going to be all right. And I think there's a couple other roster spots that we've got to finalize and figure out. And we will. Oh, what are the odds Tibbs is coach of the year? Zero <laughs> percent. Knock it off. Would you? No. Just, just stop. No. Just stop. How, how they you... give that award to good coaches with winning programs? What? N- not middle of the pack teams. Two over five hundred. Yeah, middle of the pack. Terrible, terrible team last year. That's correct. Year before that. Terrible. Year before that. Terrible. Year before that. Terrible. And the year before that. God awful. Um. They're pretty good this year, and it's all because of him. That's why you win the award, because the coaching job he has done with a historically horrendous team in the NBA is now a decent team and scaring the pants off of other teams that might have to. Do you want to face the Knicks in a seven-game series in the playoffs as the Celtics? Be honest. (laughs) No, not at all. Do they make you nervous? I I don't want to face anyone in the playoffs with these Celtics. This Celtics team is awful. There's a little something to my argument about the job that Tibbs has done. He's earned at least to be part of the conversation with his performance. I agree with you. He does deserve to be part of the conversation, but it's just like the MVP. If you're scoring... 40 points a game, but your team is barely making the playoffs. Are you going to get the MVP? Probably not. It's going to go to a guy who's probably first or second in the conference. So it's going to be Frank Vogel? Probably. Or, or yeah, okay, whatever. We'll move on. But that's the problem with the with these awards, though. It goes off winning percentage, not who actually deserves the award. Yeah, it's most important player, most valuable player, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, you've got to be on a team or in a program that wins. Does Tibbs absolutely deserve this award? Of course. You have to be usually, usually amongst the last ones standing, I think. Middle of the pack, you're right. Very rarely do you see a losing team have an MVP in any sport. Or a coach of the year. Or a coach of the year, for that matter. Ah, you suck for kind of sort of being right, glue guy. I'm sorry, I know it's your team, but unfortunately, just the way these awards work. Bald man's a little bit butthurt, but that's okay. So they're testing a new distance in minor league baseball. Uh, This is, of course, the direction of major league baseball. And initially, they were going to move it back two feet, which would have taken it from 60 feet, six inches to 62 and a half feet. They've settled on an experiment this year at 61 and a half feet. So 61 feet, six inches. And they've analyzed this involving biomechanics and kinetics and things that are way above my intelligence level. So why are they doing this? Basically, if they do this, it could ultimately, on average, reduce the velocity of pitches by about a mile a mile an hour to, a, to like 1.5 miles per hour that's oh, ultimately what it is okay be- but why are they doing it because now as we learned with like the tampa bay rays for example when it got contentious last year oh, i've got 10 guys that can throw 100 miles an hour you know kind of watch out uh, because there's too many strikeouts there's not enough action in the game and it can hopefully make the game a little gotcha. bit more interesting okay. to the masses so that's one thing that they're trying out what are the odds that it's a good idea and you think they should do that? Or do you leave well enough alone and keep it as it is at 60 and a half? Well, Uh-oh. I feel oh, like boy. MLB needs to change a lot of things because it's no longer America's pastime as much as they say it is. So they need to do something to change 
uh, popularity of the sport. And whether these things help, I'm not sure if that's going to bring eyes to the sport. They're they're worried that moving this, because everybody's conditioned to it's always been 60 feet, 6 inches, that this will mess up pitchers' bodies. But they did all of these different analytics and determined that ultimately it really won't make that much of a difference if they stay with the with moving it back one and a half feet. Ultimately, I guess we're going to find out. I guess I'm curious to see what the results are. I don't know if I'm ready for the change in the game. Then again, if you did it, I don't know if I would even notice if I'm watching it on TV. Would you? If uh, they prob- probably not. If they didn't talk about it, y- you wouldn't notice. If they didn't tell you, you might not even realize that it happened. Uh, and then there's ABS, which is the automated ball strike technology that they're using. They're messing around with. Yes, implement that immediately. They're doing that in two different um, fa- in two different fashions in the minor leagues and a couple of different leagues within the minor leagues. Uh, one, they're basing it on height of the batter, and another, they're messing around with the width of the strike zone, and then they're going to try to take all that data, throw it in a computer, analyze it, and see what it spits out and what changes can be made and whether or not they want to go with that technology. Uh, based on some of the horrendous umpiring, I'm, I'm wondering. They actually have an earpiece in the umpires that tells them what the digital box calls as far as a ball or a strike, and that's how they're going to test this out in the minor leagues. Good idea, you, bad idea. But do you think the umpires care what the machine's telling them? I'm, I'm 100% for this in the minor leagues to test it out because I just want to see, like, how often are these guys really wrong? Because when uh, you, Well, we see it all the time on TV if you watch it. Yeah, when you watch or if you look at the replays, you realize you got, a lot of these guys suck at their job, Angel Hernandez. I mean, that's a perfect example. There are some others. There's also a new DH rule where the designated hitter is in effect until the starting pitcher is removed from the game. And at that point, relief pitchers have to then hit for themselves or they can make the determination the manager can decide to pinch hit for them. Ultimately, the goal with this is I think they want starting pitchers in the game longer and less pitching changes because all that nonsense slows the game down. Hence that, you know, three batter rule for the relief pitchers. Um, I I don't agree with that one. Just make it a universal DH and move on. I don't think you need to put the pitchers in the batting box. National League is going to have to come around. I agree. They kind of grandfathered it in for one more year. I think it's inevitable. Uh, How do you feel about the... Too much money in the game. that, That too. What do you think about the automated ball strike system? Do you feel like, since you're a baseball purist and you love baseball the way it is, would you like that? Uh, The odds are you're incorrect. I'm not 100% baseball purist. There are certain aspects of the traditional game and traditional circumstances around Major League Baseball that I want to see remain. There are certain things I don't mind. I don't, I'm kind of coming around on the, I'm not saying eliminate the shift, but at least require... Uh, that, you know, you have two infielders on either side of second base. You can stand right behind it. I don't care about that, but you can't be over in right field. You, you just can't. But then again, I, I also get frustrated with these guys that cannot hit the ball the other way. Agreed. Don Mattingly, for example, or Wade Boggs, guys like Tony Gwynn, these guys would have hit 500. George Brett, there's many, many, many others, but they've lost that art. That is part of, that is, there is an art to the game, a skill set to the lost. game. That is, it is, it's gone. It, it is long since forgotten, lost, not incorporated. They don't even think about it anymore. I, I don't even know if it's coached anymore, it feels like. It doesn't feel like it Launch at all. angle, launch angle, launch angle. Hit it 115 miles an hour, 480 feet. 
We'll move on. We're going to talk to Matthew Gutierrez next. He'll be on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. He writes for The Athletic, covers Syracuse basketball. Um, Jimmy Bayheim's transferring from Cornell to play for his father and alongside his brother, Buddy. Did you know that? I, I did. Let's see what he thinks about it next on ESPN Radio and the SportsZilla Show. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy on ESPN Radio at twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Jim calls in to Brent Axe yesterday. Jimmy's going to be talking to peeps at about 4 o'clock today. That's going to play out perfectly on the block with Brent today. You're probably going to hear some sound at some point. They'll make sure they make that available for Brent and, uh, yeah, hear his reactions to, well, the news finally being released. Jimmy Beheim is going to play for his father and alongside of his brother at Syracuse. Shocked. Just, do, you, do you think uh, Coach missed his Thursday talks with Brent? That's why he called in? Absolutely. He, he didn't say He just, you know, I like, though, that he was like, it's his decision. I'm going to tell you one thing. Jim did not tell him what to do. I guarantee. And Julie didn't either. Well, they, Julie wouldn't let him it, right, tell they, him what to do. They, but I, I don't think that either one of them would have pressured him to go where he wasn't comfortable. I think he thought about this. He's had a lot of time without Cornell playing, and he decided, you know what, this is an opportunity I cannot pass up. The circumstances, and there are many, including the pandemic, that have allowed this to happen. I'm going to stop right there. We welcome in now on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line, uh, just one of our, our main go-tos to talk SU basketball with. He covers the team for the Athletic. Matthew Gutierrez is with us, and I would like you to just unpack all of your thoughts and feelings on this. First of all, we think it's fantastic news, and you can go from there. For sure, yeah. So something that I think was expected now for, for a few weeks, a couple of months even, uh, to an extent, and he'll he'll come aboard. And, you know, he's a talented player. As you guys mentioned, I think he's someone who who has worked really hard, especially the last couple of years, to uh, develop into he was the Cornell's best player and had some pretty respectable numbers against uh, high major teams, including Syracuse. I think when, when he played uh, Syracuse, it was in the fall of 2019, the most recent time he did as a junior. It was it was him and Elijah Hughes were the two best players on the floor at least that night. Obviously, you know Buddy has has really grown as a player since then. But that night, I think second to Elijah, Jimmy was the the best talent on that floor. Able to do a lot of things. He's really crafty. He's working on his on his perimeter shot. Uh, but but you know taking taking just taking a step back this is um you know sort of a family business now if you will something yeah. uh, that I think is special to the members involved for sure so he has does he get an extra covid pandemic year or is it one year of eligibility remaining uh, I'm going back and forth and I've been scouring everywhere trying to confirm that I should know that but but I just don't have it locked in my brain Matthew what do you know yeah, it's it's the one year, so he'll okay. have this grad. It's the graduate transfer year. Yep. Okay. Um, because whether he played this past season or not with Cornell, he would have had this extra year. So the the past year didn't matter whether he played or not. That, that goes for obviously everybody. Um, so he's he's got the one year. He'll graduate from Cornell, and I think just a few weeks with almost a four uh, GPA in, in finance. So obviously, uh, really good thing he's got going there and has had and and he'll be able to slot right in and and go for another degree if he wants and also obviously play basketball and you covered the now 10 players locked into scholarships for next year 
take everybody through who's definitely on this Syracuse roster that is still under construction? Yeah, for sure. This is just as of now, right? That's why I didn't put Quincy on there. I don't know. He's probably a, you know, I think he'll be back, but I don't want to assume that he'll be back. So I'll just say he's like a 50-50 at this point. I uh, could see him going either way. Obviously, he's he's going to be 22 years old soon. And, you know, some guys uh, want, want to go pro or, or um or go the G League route, right, and try to make a try to make a living that way, and try to try to you know get their best shot, like Alan Griffin is doing. Uh, so I didn't include him, but other than that, you know, you have uh, Torrance, Gerard, Beheim, and Owens are the four kind of. Uh, I'll, I'll put Chaz Owens as, as basically a guard. So you have those four. Um, then you have some, a talented forward wing group, which has historically been the, the the team's strong suit. Really, when you go down the list with Hughes, Battle, I know we've talked about it, Brissett. A lot of guys, but this year you're going to have uh, Jimmy Beheim now, Cole Swider, um, uh, Benny Williams, and, and possibly Quincy. So you have, but you definitely have those three. You have a lot of shooting, obviously already. And then you have some big guys with uh, Rama Sidibe back, Jesse Edwards, and and Frank uh, Anselm is on the team as of now. Obviously, there's been some rumors that he might he might bounce to the portal. I haven't heard anything that 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 solidifies that. So uh, I'm just counting him on the team as of now, he hasn't entered the portal. So let's just say he's, he's still on the roster as of now. So you have 10 right there. Beheim says he likes to have 10, right? He's, he said that many times. I'm sure you both have heard that, right? I mean, when they have 13, he's like, Oh, it's gone almost too much. Cause he knows a couple guys uh, will, will certainly leave. Right. And that, that's almost always the case, not just at Syracuse and everywhere else too. So uh, I think he'll, I think they'll be happy with 10. Wouldn't be surprised if they do add another, especially if Frank and or Quincy doesn't return. What are your thoughts on Tiana going undrafted in the WNBA draft, but then signing a deal with the Phoenix Mercury right after? Yeah, I think you knew she was going to sign after, even though she didn't get drafted. Um, you know, I'm not in those, in those rooms with those teams, right? And what are they seeing about other, other players? One thing that didn't work in Tiana's favor and to her credit, she's had a, great career at Syracuse is it was a really good draft class from what I've heard from, from those people in the, in the W and there's just a lot of good players right now playing in the W. So it's, um, it's not so much that they don't think Tiana can play. I think it's, they do. It's just that there's so much talent right now. She was projected to go right to, to be drafted in that, in that third round. So Correct. Uh, for her not to go, I still think, you know, we've seen the success story so many times on the men's side, especially you can go down the list, but you know, it, it can fuel a lot of these players, right. To not get drafted and then, and then to just sign and, and really try to bust tail. And obviously it's not as, as easy as a path, but it's, uh, it's certainly possible. And, you know, you wish the best for Tiana, especially with all she's been through. And I heard numerous times on the broadcast last night that there's not many roster spots available on a lot of these teams. So come the third round, they were drafting people who could either be a training camp body or they were signing uh, Europeans to stay overseas for a couple of years until they can get their roster situation uh, under control. Yeah, there's that too, for sure. I mean, to your point, it's, it's just kind of a, it's jammed, it's crowded, there's, yep. and there's just a lot of good players. There's a lot of good guards too. I mean, you look at the draftees, I just happened to take a look this morning and even just watching some of the highlight clips. I mean, there's just some really good players on a lot of these teams, high major or not. Um, women's college basketball has certainly been a great product um, for a while, but it seems, especially in recent years, the game is growing. Women's basketball 
is growing at a lot of levels. Um, and I think that fits into this as well. So we know Woody Newton has transferred out. He is obviously not on the roster. He settled at Oklahoma State, and I guess you just ultimately have to wish him well. I don't even know what else to say about that. He's not going to be part of the Syracuse basketball program. I would like to see him have a chance to develop here and see a little bit more about what he could do, but that's not going to happen. The positive news, though, you had mentioned Barama Sidibe coming back when Jim was on with Brent yesterday, talked about the fact that it's not structural that kept him out. It was an infection, ultimately, And now he appears to be working out and 100% healthy, which just adds to the depth that we may actually have at that position next year, which is very promising when you've got Sidibe. We know what he does. He puts it back, offensive and defensive rebounding. He kind of just disrupts things in the middle. And if he's healthy, I'll take that that good version of Sidibe that we saw when he was last healthy, and you mix that in with the development of Jesse Edwards, and you're like, whoa, we have Marek all year felt like playing out of position. And now there might be a couple of options there. This bodes well, and I'm happy for Barama to get a chance to end his career hopefully healthy and contributing. Yeah, absolutely. Barama being back, you know, I know there was a kind of mixed feelings seen from, from fans, at least on social media, which is, I guess, usually the case, right? Everyone's going to have opinions, and that's, that's what this is about, of course. But, um, you know, with Barama, I can see, you know, some people being like, okay, you know what, maybe we should just, Let's just turn to Jesse. Let's just, you know, go with him. He showed some promise. He's got the length. Um, on the other hand, I can see, you know, where people are coming from. Like Brahma, when he's healthy, he's experienced. He's a good kid. He's a smart player. Uh, he'll get your rebounds that you need. You know what you're going to get, right? He's usually going to rebound. He's going to be in the right spots. He might not do a ton of scoring for you, um, but he's got that rebounding and he's able to protect the rim. He'll pick up blocks. He's almost seven feet tall. So I think. If he's healthy, absolutely, as you just said, if he is healthy, he can help this team for sure on the rebounding side, on the rim protection side. Any scoring after that is a plus because you're going to have scoring from the guards for sure. You're going to have scoring from the a really talented wing group, especially with Benny and Cole and, and now Jimmy Jr. coming in. So I don't think scoring is going to be an issue. It was not an issue the last two years really ever. Um, so, uh, if, if you get scoring, bottom line, if you get scoring from the center position, that's really more of just a plus than a necessity. Matthew Gutierrez writes for The Athletic. He covers Syracuse basketball, a little bit of football. I'm going to sneak a football question, and I want to keep you on your toes, Matthew. But I want to ask yeah. one more as it pertains to the basketball team. And the big news, obviously, we know Jimmy Beheim is going to be returning for his final year of eligibility. Thank you for clearing that up and playing alongside of Buddy and for his father, Jim. And I want to step off the court, okay? As I said it a few minutes ago, Benny Williams is the most significant import to next year's roster, clearly is a five-star. But remove that. The human element of this for Jim, for Julie, for Buddy, for their sister, for Elizabeth, uh, Jim's other daughter, and just for the family in general, the human element of this It's such a unique set of circumstances that I'm just going to say it. It's awesome. It's just awesome. It's also awesome for the media to be able to talk and write about. Yeah, it gives gives us something on a Friday news dump, right? But think about it if it's your family. What a great thing to happen. And like I said, how many coaches out there that may have coached their son have the ability on this level of college basketball to coach not one but two of their sons and at this point in their career because nobody's been coaching 45 years at the same place and in the hall of fame with an you know you understand you know exactly what i mean i'm leading you to the water go ahead 
Yeah, no, all you guys hit on all great points. I, you know, I think that's it's only happened several times. I think there's five or six examples that have been floating around where two brothers have played for their son, uh, their father on the same Division One uh, men's team. Uh, and I don't know if it's I don't think it's happened at a school, you know, a top program like Syracuse. Um, I don't if someone could maybe check that, but I, I haven't seen that. Most of the examples were. Um, it's not a know, lot mid majors. Yeah. Smaller schools. I think Iowa recently. Yeah. Uh, Coach McCaffrey had his two sons, so Iowa was obviously a, an up and coming program and, and was top twenty five this year. But as far as like legacy programs, Q's uh, and programs like that, this is uh, certainly a one of its kind. And it's just interesting if you step back at how you know a few years ago, right? Jim was you know the intention was to retire. Mike Hopkins would have been the coach now, uh, so this wouldn't have been the case, right? Who knows if Jimmy would be here? Maybe he still would be but he wouldn't be playing for his father. Uh, so that's just interesting. It's also just uh, a credit to those those two at how hard they've worked. And I mean, they'll be the first to tell you they are not the most athletic. They were not the most gifted. They were not studs in high school as far as basketball goes. Um, they were both super late bloomers. Didn't really get recruited a whole lot. Buddy had a couple offers, but Jimmy Cornell was his only scholarship, or not? they don't offer scholarships, but his only roster spot uh, that he was promised out of high school. And so for them to to now become, you know, legitimate scholarship players at Syracuse um, is a pretty is a pretty cool thing, and it's it's really fascinating how in the last couple of years it's all kind of come together to where we're at now. Whereas a few years ago, you know, I don't think this this would have really come across as a thought. Here's the last thing for you today, Matthew Gutierrez with the Athletic here on ESPN Radio alongside the Sports Illustrated Show, Eric Dungy. Uh, third time's a charm, maybe. He's going to keep playing. He's keeping that dream alive. As you know, he had signed with the New York Football Giants. That's my team. I was bummed that it didn't kind of work out there and didn't have a little bit more of an opportunity. But at that time, you know, Eli Manning and stuff. Uh, but then the Cleveland Browns, he was on their practice squad. Uh, he was going to play for the Dallas Renegades in the XFL, but we all know what happened. So he's actually landed in Houston, and he's going to play in a league run by a former coach from the Buffalo Bills, Ted Cottrell. And I think that's awesome. It's, it's, I mean, remember we had a 10 win season when he was the quarterback and it's been a little bit rougher road since, but it's great to see Eric Dungy back out there still doing it. Yeah. I mean, going back to him, you know, he was never, you know, he obviously had some arm strength. He was never like leading the ACC as far as arm strength, but he always had that um, intensity, right? I mean, you almost felt, you know, even if early in his career, obviously the wins weren't really there, but you always felt especially late in the, his career, obviously, with the 10-win season. You always felt with him in the pocket like he'd make things happen, you know? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't always be a, an outstanding result, but stuff would happen. He'd fight, scrap for a couple yards, he'd run, he'd, he'd you know, juke out someone coming at him. Um, really um, exciting player at Hughes. But, yeah, happy for him. He's, he loves football, and, and um, you know, I know his, he was posted last year about his father having passed away, so I know he was really close with him. Um, so he, he's also crafting a, a pretty cool journey and, and story. I just really appreciate that every time you put the ball in the air, swish through the net. Always great stuff from you, Matthew Gutierrez. Appreciate your time, man. Enjoy your weekend, okay? Thank you, guys. You, you as well. Always a pleasure to, to chat. Quick pause right now on ESPN Radio. We come back, something called You're Killing Me Smalls. And yeah, I know all the Red Sox fans out there are going to hate me for it. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the Central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? 
Everyone listen up. You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk and ESPN Radio. Oh, for Pete's sake, here we go again. I wanted to give uh, a shout to our radio brother, uh, Brent X. First of all, did you see Pete Rose is in the news? <laughs> for what reason? 89 bucks, and he'll predict the outcome of baseball games for you. <laughs> oh, Pete. But he claims he's not gambling on the sport anymore. That's interesting. Also, speaking of baseball, Auburn native. We hyped this dude up. We were hyping up Tim LaCastro. Set a, a steals record, 28 consecutive uh, to start the career. Guess who is going to talk to him today? That's right. Our guy, Brent Axe, after 4 o'clock today. You'll see the tweet. You'll get the information. But I wanted to pass that along. Uh, let's get an update, though. For Let's go Uticus real quick, if we could. And, and I'll drop my my uh, sports grievance airing, my Festivus, in a second. Uh, as far as the comments in the crunch, as we told you, first of all, Crunch Weekly with Favali last night was good stuff. I gave that a listen. Uh, but Wilkesbury Scranton tomorrow. Now, right now, we're about five minutes away for the Utica Rome listeners at 96.5 FM. The game is on at 3 o'clock on the brother station, K Rock. They're playing Providence. Uh, but Rath, Rath Bomb, or Jack Rathbone, apparently called up from some sources out of Vancouver. It doesn't mean he's getting a lineup. You got to cross the border. There's a lot of issues with that, as we yes. know, this year with all of the different rules and regulations, protocol and COVID that's still ongoing. Uh, but Berchi and who else was not in the lineup? Uh, Gadjevich. Uh, Gadjevich, not in the lineup if you happen to be in that area of our listening audience and a Comets fan. And then Comets and a Crunch on Monday. And it's going to start getting chippy. I can't wait. There's seven games in now out of 14, almost halfway through the Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup season series. So there's your Uticus. Uh, here's my You're Killing Me Small Sports Festivus airing of the grievances, and it pertains to the New York Yankees. Oh, so it's not me for once? No, it's not okay, you. Okay, good. Uh, Matt and I will be back in at 6 o'clock, and we're going to give you Yankees on deck today. All right? Uh, we've got that lined up and ready to go. And by the way, who's starting for the Yankees? Michael King. Michael King. Domingo Herman. Remember, sent back down? and hasn't came back up yet. Not called back up. Very interesting. But, you know, the last time he pitched, he mowed down like 16 guys in a row. So they're going to try to roll with that because they've had some issues outside of Garrett Cole. As far as the Yankees are concerned, though, okay, now what I'm about to say is a one of those, quote, four starters. This is what I think the Yankees need to do. Agree, disagree, that's fine. So you know more than Aaron Boone? Um, well, I've got, you know, there's, I, I always am a... Just say yes and move on. I'm an apologist in some senses for Aaron Boone, and I'm trying to understand and justify, but I'm frustrated with everything because I'm an entitled, spoiled Yankees fan. So you're that guy who thinks he knows more than the manager. And I understand that. No, I don't know more than that. I don't have the analytics, but I do have eyes, and I've watched the game, and I'm a baseball geek for my entire life. Clint Frazier was named the starting left fielder. You have not possibly given him enough of a chance. He's got decent numbers against lefties and righties. And I want to see Brett Gardner. You know what? Put him in center because Aaron Hicks has been terrible so far. Yes, he has been. He's, oh, he, but he gets on base. He walks a lot, even though the batting average is, I mean, he can hit some home runs. But you know what? Just as good of an outfielder and his numbers this year are very good. Aaron Hicks is the weakest link in my mind. Judges hit a couple of bombs the other day. Yep. Uh, you'll hear those highlights a little bit later. Clint Frazier has to be put in left field, stick him there, leave him there, see what he can do. Get me into May. Get get a whole bunch of games under his belt and then reevaluate. At the last minute, you're pulling him out and you're putting Gardner in and you're messing with him. Stop. That's a big mistake. Jay Bruce has got to be released. And uh, why is Mike Ford, who, by the way, um, he's down playing with the t- You know what he did? He hit a home run. 
You see him in that home run? I did. Uh, first at bat. Yeah, Mike Fort and a far better defensive first baseman. He's not a he's not a good first baseman, but Jay Bruce is an atrocious first baseman. Those are the things that must be done immediately to improve where the Yankees are so far this year because also it's not acceptable that the Red Sox somehow were in first place. Which uh, you're to blame for that, by the way. But you're advocating, advocating for a guy to be fired during a pandemic? In this sense, yeah, he's got. I, enough, I just don't understand. He's got enough money. That's heartless, man. He's got enough money in the bank. It pertains to you don't know his financials. If our athletes that are one hundred percent invested, uh, for example, with the Trevor Lawrence situation um, that his dad said, and everybody's talking about this, that it's okay if he has outside interests. Well, even Mike Greenberg turned around to that and said, "Listen, you're going to see more and more players walking away from the game at younger and younger ages because with the amount of money they make, they have generational wealth now, where their grandkids and their great grandkids are financially secure, so they don't have to risk health, CTE, and other long-term effects of playing a sport at this level. And it's brutal in the NFL, let alone with other sports. But I digress. It goes out today." To the New York Yankees. I'm frustrated. And by the way, any and all Yankees coverage brought to you by William Attar, hurt in a car. Call William Attar, 444-4444. And uh, Yankees, this is for you right now. I'm going to give it to Aaron Boone. How's that? I'm not apologizing for him. You're killing me, Smalls. Soundcheck is next on ESPN Radio. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. So we want to have some sound audio and questions answered by Jimmy Bayheim because he's transferring to Syracuse. You may or may not have heard of that. Man, it was awesome to watch the internet explode with that, wasn't it, in social media? It was. Uh, I got into work, and we were talking about, uh, we haven't seen anything yet, and then a few minutes go by, and all of a sudden, it's everywhere. Got done telling you, our radio brother... Brent Axe on the block at 4 o'clock until 6. We'll have Tim LaCastro. Well, by then, uh, at some point, I, a little bit later on, in I think it the program, uh, you're going to have some audio. I'm sure he's going to grab that audio and make sure that he has Jimmy Beheim and uh, his press conference answers for you, for sure. So he has a program. We have a program. A program. Uh, I, so we, don't, we won't have that, but I want to let you know that's on the way if you're listening to ESPN Radio. But here in hour number two, as it's just getting underway on the Sports Illus Show, we do have some audio from Tiana Mangakaya. She was not drafted. We had talked about that. Uh, Matthew Gutierrez talked to us about that, and we wanted to give you a couple of her answers. Listen, she wasn't drafted, but she's happy to have this opportunity. She said, and I mean, this is pretty much uh, some self-awareness. She said, I didn't score enough in school. Listen. Well, I think I don't score enough. That's the main thing. Like, all these players, they score like so many points. And I was, I only averaged 11 points this year. And I think that's the main thing they look at. And, you know, that's weird though, because I feel like going into the pros, like you, you don't, as a point guard, for me, I'm the type of point guard that I don't score much and I never have. I'm a pass first point guard. Um, and so, you know, I think, I just need to get better overall with like scoring. Um, maybe my jump shot needs to be a bit better and my three point shot, but you know, I just, I just know I have to keep working hard. And guess what she's going to do? Work hard. Uh, yeah. She, she has proven that she has something called fight and perseverance, right? 
Uh, yeah, if uh, her cancer battle has anything to do with it, yeah, she's definitely got some fight on her. If that's the, if that's the intestinal fortitude possessed by Tiana Mangakaya, she's going to find a way to succeed at the next level. And she- by the way... Every team needs a pass first point guard. Yeah, there, oh, there's a place for her in the WNBA. They will, somebody will figure it out. Some of her dimes are nasty. Even if it doesn't work out with Phoenix necessarily, there is somebody that's going to give her a chance. But she did say Phoenix is a perfect fit for her. My agent had called me right after, and he told me that Minnesota and Phoenix both wanted me at their training camps. Um, Sandy is the Australian coach for the Olympic team, and I've been a part of that team for two years now. And I have a really good relationship with her. Uh, So I would say my relationship with her and being comfortable at the training camp, and I know no matter what happens, like, she will, you know, support me and, like, help me through the process. Um, I don't know anyone at Minnesota. So I don't know. I just felt like that was the best fit for me. So that's why I decided. But it all happened. Like, so my agent called me and he was like, these teams want you to go to the training camp. And can you call me back in 15 minutes and let me know? Obviously, he gave me his, like, opinion. And um, I spoke to Coach Q as well, like, my agent called me and then Coach Q called me and then I saw on the phone with Coach Q and then we went through the rosters and then my agent called me back and then literally within like the span of 10 minutes. And then I had to decide and I was like, okay, Phoenix. And Phoenix sounds nice at the sun, but yeah. I like her accent. Yeah. And I like her and I could listen to her all day. You could feel her smile just by listening, let alone I also watched a little bit of it too. Uh, I'm very excited for Tiana. She went on to talk about how she's very excited. She talked about many other aspects of it. That was just a little bit of what Tiana Mangakaya said after not getting drafted and deciding to sign with the Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA. But I love that Coach Q was talking to her as well. Sure. And I'm glad that they have that kind of relationship where she asks him, you know, what should I do? And he gives his input and it, it's welcomed, and probably she took whatever he said to heart. Absolutely. You have to incorporate that in the decision-making process. Uh, there was a decision to be made 21 years ago for a quarterback taken 199th in the NFL draft who is now a Super Bowl-winning quarterback after many with the Patriots, but he's going back to those Tampa Bay Buccaneers to defend it next year, and his name is Glue Guy what? Uh, Tomas Brady. Uh, Tomas Brady. Tampa Brady, as it stands right now. Sound check on the Sports Illa Show on ESPN Radio. I have, and this is of interest, I suppose, to Syracuse fans, a guy by the name of Mike Tarico with a guy named Mel Kuyper. And this is what it sounded like. Among the last six picks taken, a uh, familiar name if you're a college football fan, Tom Brady, the quarterback who uh, all he did was lead this football team, put them in the right position more times than not. And when he got pulled from the game and Drew Henson came in, Michigan football was not as good as it was when no, Brady was in. No question, Mike. Smart experience. This past season, he cut his interception total from 98 and a half, tossed 20 touchdown passes, only six interceptions. Threw a touchdown pass and actually all 16 games he started against Big Ten opposition during his career. Accurate. It was a very catchable ball. 
ball. He really knows when to take a little off as well. I think that's the key, and he stands in that pocket very tough. He'll take a hit. The question's going to be mobility. He only runs a 5-2-5-40. And, of course, when you have those edge pass rushers, you have to avoid the initial defensive end, the initial pass rusher. Can he do that at the pro level? Going to New England, Drew Bledsoe, his forte certainly isn't mobility. It's dropping back, throwing the football. Brady can do that, and certainly New England's offense already designed for Bledsoe. Now comes Brady. Can he overcome that lack of mobility? I'm trying to think. I, I don't know, man. I'm not sure if he can overcome that lack of mobility. Did he become anything after being drafted? So he's basically won 33% or one out of every three years that he's been in the NFL, a Super Bowl championship. That is amazing. So obviously you're talking about Brady being drafted. You know what today also is? Please tell me. Bill Belichick's birthday. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so they are forever linked, whether they like it or not, oh, because of draft day. That's just unbelievable. All right, well, let's uh, stay with football. What do you got for me? Happy birthday to him. I don't care. I hate when Good you, luck. I hate when you play Stephen A. Smith yelling at me. Always. In, 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 and as it pertains to anything. You yell too much, Stephen A., so let's keep talking about football real quick, if we could. Do you think, let's stay current with the Patriots, do they end up trading up? This is what Dan Orlovsky said to Greeny, and you're going to have to respond, glue guy. I'd be shocked if they didn't at least try. I think at the, rea- the reality for New England is this. At the end of round one of this year's NFL draft, in their division, they're staring at Tua Tungavailoa, likely Zach Wilson, and Josh Allen in Buffalo. I mean, if they don't at least make the effort to go get a quarterback, you're looking at a decade of going, what are we going to do? Because you'll be at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to within your division at the quarterback position. And I think that's why they've got to at least entertain being aggressive. Then my mind goes to, well, it's not going to be the AFC teams. I can't imagine an AFC team, Cincinnati at five or Miami at six, being like, come on, guys, you come get your quarterback and you guys can run the conference for the next decade as well. I go to like seven with Detroit, eight Carolina, a 10 with Dallas or 11 with the Giants and going NFC teams where are where they're positioned for New England to potentially go get a quarterback that they really want. Hmm? So not surprising that the Patriots would be rumored to be trading up that Bill loves to trade around the draft. So is this surprising? No, not at all. Are they going to your uh, best guess, your hypothesis, your educated guess? Uh, probably. Yeah, they're probably going to try to whether it'll happen or not. Who knows? What are they willing to give up? If that's the big question, if the Patriots, you're you're saying yes, yes. Okay, if they don't, Q Sports Talk Twitch.tv two weeks after the draft, I want everybody to give you some crap. That'll be fun. And Why? Because oh, that's because I'll be I'll be doing that okay, actually. I'll, yeah. I'll be leading the charge on that. So, glue guy, we got time for one more here in Soundcheck Sports Illustrated Show ESPN Radio. Oh, we have mentioned a few times today. The comments made by Trevor Lawrence's father and others have expanded on this conversation of, do you just have to devote every single second to your life if you're, say, Trevor Lawrence getting drafted and you're playing in the NFL? Or does any athlete have to do that? I mean, it's kind of sort of this stick-to-sports thing. You're more than that, right? You can have outside interests, right, I think? Uh, Yeah, you should be able to. I 100% think that you can. Uh, but I wanted to give you Bart Scott an audio on his issues with Trevor Lawrence's father's comments. I have a bigger issue with Trevor Lawrence's father uh, comments for me saying that, you know, um, when he's not winning the Super Bowl at all costs, he's not that type of guy. Like, what? 
Like, then what are we suiting up for? I need my guy to want to win a Super Bowl at all costs, any means necessary. Hell, we watched Ronnie Lott, you know, cut knew, a pinky off. I knew you was about to say that because I was literally, when you finished just there, I was literally about to say, well, Ronnie Lott cut his fingers right, off. Right, so. you know, he cut his damn finger off. Like, I need it to be that important to you because if you're not going to lay it on the line, you say, listen, I got to have quality of life. I'm married. I got to spend my proper time. Like, for me, I need a guy to be all in, fully vested. I need a guy to be willing to jump on a grenade, whatever we got to do to get the victory because we're all playing to be immortalized. You know, it has to mean something to you. If you're just playing to have fun and you feel like you can fold up tent and just you know, take your ball and go home whenever you want to, I don't know if I want that type of quarterback. Now, maybe he didn't mean it, mean it that way, but his dad certainly meant it that way when he says, my son's not that type of guy. He's not trying to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Then what the hell is he lining up to be a professional football player for? I love sports. I do. And I 100% understand the commitment to your craft and you are searching and looking for the glory. However, at no point does sports take precedence over family. He had mentioned a few of those things and cherry picked those out of Trevor Lawrence's father's comments. Of course, he wants to win a Super Bowl. But if it ever becomes a choice between, first of all, his health, his health, yes. the athlete's health, Trevor Lawrence's health, because everybody is not cut of the same cloth, or a decision that he might have to make pertaining to his family, um, I, I'm going to argue for those that would put family first. At the end of the day, you know, long past your playing career, your health, your life, and your family are going to be more important, and you don't want to live with that regret of not being around or paying attention to family. It's always family first. And how many guys have we heard uh, skip a game to go witness his or her, uh, you know, birth of a child? We hear that all the time in sports. So they should have every right to go do that. Uh, so they skip a Sunday game? Oh, well witnessing the birth is more important than just a game. And it, it also depends on the personal relationship between that man and his wife if they're having a child. You know, maybe, maybe it's a little different. Some, some wives tell the husband, just go go play. I understand your situation with that's your career, that's your job, that's that's what you've devoted your life to. And then there's others that go, no, 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 no. You're staying here. Your child comes first. So it, it's it's tough. It's it's tough. I understand that. But, man, I am hard-pressed to not choose family and health first over a sport at the end of the day. And I love sports. Boy, what a conundrum you're running into with that decision. I'm glad I don't have to make it. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, back with Jeremiah was a bullfrog Capozzi. Jordan Capozzi's next. Jordan Kaposi is here to hijack a segment with his word of the day. No cap that I preach him. It's not really a verb. So I just have to say. Big preach. With a Sportzilla show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Preach the noty. He's that guy. We don't need a, a, a word from you today because we're just going to call you Jeremiah. Yes, we do. We do? Do you want one? Yeah, we always have to get a word from him. Does he have any slang for us? Jordan. Uh, I'll, I'll give you. How about this one? I don't know if I've used this one. It's pretty simple. Have you ever heard me call something garbo? No. It's lit- It just means garbage. It means trash, but it, it's garbo. So... So, like, Matt, for example, your take on R.J. Barrett being a better player than Zion Williamson, I'm going to have to call that Garbo. Okay. All right. Well, I think this segment's Garbo. I think that R.J. Barrett is a better (laughs) overall player 
than Zion because Zion doesn't do anything. He's a, he's a beast. Don't get me wrong. But he doesn't do anything outside of the paint. He's got to develop the rest of his game. That's all we're saying. So are you saying that Rain's also Garbo? I did say that too. Uh, um, you know, I can call half of the show Garbo, but I think if I call both you guys Garbo, I might never be here again. So nah, we'll, um, we'll let nah, you back nah. in. I got no some- Garbo. I, I was wrong. Garbo actually means really great. Um, my bad. Pinocchio is your new nickname. Now let's go to the <laughs> Washington football team. They have been polling their fans and looking. There's consideration. Do we stay Washington football team or do we go with a new name? There's all sorts of choices. This has legitimately been happening for the Washington football team. So how many times has CBW voted in this poll, I wonder? I'm not 100% sure, but at some point maybe he'll join us in there and let us know. So tell me if you like these, okay? I'm going to start throwing some of these at you. The Washington. Okay, and I have the list as well. Oh, you do? So you know what I'm referencing. Uh, the Washington. Yes, Gomez from TK99. He hooked me up with the list today. Shout out, Gomez. The Washington Aces or the Washington Archers. We'll start with the A's. Um, you can go yay um, or nay. Give me. Uh, am I picking one? Am I yay? Give me Archers out of this. Although there's a, I believe, PLL team, if I'm not mistaken, who's also the Archers. But there's a WNBA Aces. So I don't know. We need more creative names. But I'm going Archers here. How about this? I'll go through the list with you. You give me a nay unless it's something that you legitimately would consider, and that's when you'll give me a yay. We'll do it like that. The Washington, okay, okay. the Washington Beacons, eh. Belters, eh. Red Tails. No, lame. Razorbacks. Too synonymous with Arkansas. No. Defenders. Oh, yeah. Why don't we just pick the most generic sports term ever? Speaking of which. Stay with Washington football team? uh, No. 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 Griffins. I kind of like the Griffins. I think the Griffins is kind of fun. And then you get a, they used to have RG3. That would have been really fun, but obviously that's not what we're talking about. That's the best one so far. Washington Armada? Huh? No. no. Rise, the rising. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It'll be hard to market. Rubies. <laughs> that's lame. I'm sorry. That's that's a lame one. Pilots or commanders? I, I could be down with pilots. or I think pilots better because I think the Washington commanders is a mouthful. But Washington pilots, um, that is. That has a flow to it that I kind of like. Washington, D.C. Football Club, DCFC, sounds too much like soccer. Worst one on the list. Presidents. Awful. That's a football team. Um, Presidents is only if they have the president race, um, like the Brewers do with the sausage. And I don't think they're stealing that. So or the no, Nationals. No the Wild Hogs or the Riders? The Nationals, yes. Nationals. My bad. They do the – yeah. Um. No, those both stink. Those both really stink, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, Washington Capital City Football Club. Uh, see the previous no. conversation about a soccer team. The Red Wolves, the Aviators, the Wayfarers. <laughs> what is a Wayfarer? I need you guys to tell me that. Yeah, these are some pretty terrible names. There's like five or six left, but I almost feel like I have to move on. I just can't. I don't like any of them. They might as well just stay Washington if football you team. you say 32 FC, we're done here. <laughs> no, I won't do that to you. This is Jordan Capozzi with us on the SportsZilla Show. It is ESPN Radio. There's also a list, and I wonder now, I wonder if from our brother station, Gomez gave you this also, but they ranked every NFL quarterback by their odds of being the 2021 MVP. Have you seen this? I- I don't have this list, Rain. I do not. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna go through a few of you, and you tell me. First is Pat Mahomes, 6-1 to one odds. He's at the top. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, 8-1 to one odds at the top. And number three, 
of interest to Bills Mafia, Josh Allen, 12 to 1. Then you got your Lamar Jackson, uh, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson rounding out your top nine. I'm sorry. And then Justin Herbert with the Chargers rounding out your top 10. How do you feel with that so far? Is that relatively accurate where you would place them? Um, Mahomes and Rodgers up top makes a lot of sense. Um, the only name I was expecting to maybe hear before Allen is another Lamar Jackson just because he can do so much. Like his his running ability is twice as good as like almost anybody else in the league. So just because of that factor, you never know what he's going to do. But I think Allen is pretty decent value. I mean, he's on a good team. He's got some weapons. He has, he's improving very steadily. Um, if you're a Bills fan and you're going to be rooting for Allen every game anyway, uh, I don't think 12 to 1 is too bad. Let me give you the remaining 10 on this list, 11 through 20, actually. Uh, Tannehill, Wentz, Mayfield, Deshaun, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, Tua, Tagovailoa. Yes. Uh, I struggle with that one, like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sure. Um, I don't see the quarterback of the Giants on there, and that is a little disappointing to say the least. Are you surprised by that, I wonder why. I don't think that... uh, Daniel Jones is going to win the MVP of the NFL this year. What do you think with the second half, the bottom half of that list? I I heard Wentz kind of early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he turns it all around. I could see that. One thing I find interesting, and it has nothing to do with the football field, but can, Deshaun Watson's odds would be a lot higher. You've got to think um, if he didn't have the whole situation going on. I know the team's not great, but he's just a ridiculous talent. Um, Herbert's another one that really intrigues me. We saw what he did last year. He was undeniably just special for someone his age. The Chargers, they blow a lot of close games. Maybe that'll change, so that'll kind of hurt the team aspect. But I think Herbert's a really interesting one. I mean, heck, he's above Carson Wentz on the list. That, That should say something. So go ahead, glue guy. So we got a couple minutes left there, Jordan. Obviously, WrestleMania was over the weekend. What were your thoughts on it? And if you watched, uh, what was your favorite match? Okay, so first of all, night one, greater than night two. Agreed. Um, No doubt in my mind. Um, Night two, what I'll say about it, before I get to night one, which is a better night, uh, the Fiend-Orton match, it missed. Too quick of a finish. Um, They better do something good with Alexis character. The Sheamus-Riddle match was a big sleeper. No clue what was going to happen going into that. It was hard-hitting. It was athletic. I was watching with some friends who aren't even into wrestling, and they were like, yo, that Riddle guy is sick. I'm like, yeah, can you believe his whole gimmick is just that he says bro a lot? Um, And then I thought they did as well as they could with the main event, um, making Roman look very strong, pinning Edge and Daniel Bryan at the same time. But there was still the interference to give him the heel turn. Um, not the turn, but the heel vibes. But night one was really special. And that Banks-Bel Air match, absolutely not. Between the athleticism, the storytelling with Sasha trying to use Bianca's hair as to get an advantage, and then Bianca whipped her with the hair. And even the shot after the match where it was perfectly framed, where you could see the welt on her side, and she was even smiling a little bit after she had lost. Like I was seeing immediately after people were saying that's going to go down as an all time great WrestleMania main event. And at first I was like, 
maybe a bit of an overreaction, but after the fact, seeing how everybody's reacted to it, seeing how happy Sasha was at the end, how big of a moment this is, I might have to take that back and agree with it because the storytelling there was beautiful. Um, my only real complaint with all of WrestleMania, I guess I'd say, besides that Fiend match, is just too many thrown-together tag teams taking up time. There's a lot of, uh, not wrestlers I'm not seeing in there, but athletes and celebrities being discussed as far as who was nice and who was not in the Twitch chat. Because when you, and when you look there, you also see Jordan Capozzi in a mask holding up Post-it notes. Thanks for joining us, my man. We appreciate you, Jeremiah. Have a good afternoon, okay? Hey, thank you for having me. You guys are not Garbo. Thank you so much. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Well, he just called us not great. Um, he said we're okay. I think he gave us an okay. It's the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. We're going to come back with Utica College football coach Blaze Fagiano. If you are a coach on any level in central New York, he's going to tell us about something that might be of interest to you. A football coach, obviously. And then he's a Bills and a Browns fan, so we'll have to ask a couple questions about that, too. All next. Hang on. It's the Sports Zilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt, on ESPN Radio. Yes, sports fan. And twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Time to welcome in Utica College head football coach Blaze Fagiano. Uh, we talked quite a bit about Dino and kind of staying in the shadows, Syracuse, and we're wondering about the spring game. We can actually get a question, or we can actually get that question answered. With Blaze, what's up with Utica College and the Pioneers and, you know, hashtag fear the moose? Well, I'll tell you, we, we just finished our, our spring season, and we, you know, hopefully it's the first and last time that we start with a scrimmage and we end with a scrimmage, right? But we, you know, we, we had a great inner squad uh, a few weeks back, and then we were able to play Alfred University in a game, a game that counted, and we kept NCAA stats and had a great home victory, 30-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. And got to play in Gaetano. You know, I have five seniors that are graduating. That's the last time they get to play in Gaetano. And then, unfortunately, we had some other colleges in the Empire rank that initially said they'd play, and they decided not to play. Right? So we're, we're not going to be play as nice today. So Fisher and Hartwick decided not to play, which is very unfortunate for you know the other the other athletes. So you know we actually played Alfred twice. And you know a lot of credit to Coach Rankle and Alfred University. So we go out to their place a week later and play them. And, uh, and, you know, lost uh, 17-10, big controversial, like, we had a freshman quarterback take us down, Lamont McGriff, we think he's in, to tie it to go to overtime. They said he was short, and that's how the game ended, right? Pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, we got to play a lot of lot of guys. Like, we, we went into the second game and really said, listen, we're going to play 30 more athletes who didn't play in the first game so they can have real game-like experience, played multiple, played three quarterbacks, that type of thing. And, uh and then, you know, we're just all right, we're going to have another game. I tried to get another game. It wasn't working. And the college was gracious enough that we could have a, a real inner squad with, like, officials. And we had, like, a second blue-white, if you will. And, uh, you know, the first one was a 36-33, like, score last play of the game win uh, for the white team over blue. And then, uh, you know, this week was a, a four-point uh, excuse me, a three-point win, you know, for the for the white team, uh, 24-21. It was just great. You know, really, those inter-squads are a great way to get everybody playing in real live reps in a live situation. It was great to have officials. So so we look at it as we had four game-like scenarios to, to improve. You know, and we talked to the kids about what's it going to look like and should we come back. You know, we told them that if you come back 
not only will you have the in-person learning and the hybrid learning, but you're going to develop as a football player. And I really could tell you guys, we really did that this spring even though it looked a lot different. Well, it's always football season, doesn't it seem like that? And when you can bring it into May, specifically on May 14th, uh, you're starting up this year the Mohawk Valley Football Coaches Clinic, and that's why we got you on the phone here. We really want to get the information out there with Blaze Fagiano, Utica College football coach, here on the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. Uh, but it's not just within the Mohawk Valley in, in the Utica Rome area. I mean, if you're coaching in Syracuse or Oswego, this is something that you might be interested in. So I want to just, uh, why did you decide to do it? And uh, we'll get some basic information out there after you answer. Well, I, I've always wanted to have a clinic in the area. You know, it's something years ago that Coach Kemp had a clinic because I remember coming to it as a young coach. And we've got such a great location you know, here in Utica. And you know, not only wanted to make an impact locally on football, uh, but on New York State football. And I'm always kind of keeping that big picture. Exactly. Uh, we, we, you know, we had planned to do this like spring, COVID, things are changing. And I'm really excited about our lineup. And when we could, we would try, try to, to ask guys that first and foremost had a tie locally, right? So, we could, you know, one of the right away, just one of the great big names is coming back home is Jared Kite, who's up at the University of Maine full-time division one football coach made it big time you know holland Patton, three sport athlete you know ex utica college pioneer coming back home to talk about you know defensive circuits you know what i mean and, and blitzes which really a coach at any level can could benefit from that so really excited to have him come back to the mall valley and share his football knowledge you know uh joe corley the head football coach at west genesee for example is a rome new york native right uh he played at my alma mater played at ithaca college and for him to come back home and talk football. We've got guys from, whether it be Greg Sheeler, the head coach at Shaker out in Albany. Um, we've got a couple other Division One guys, and, and James Lenahan, who's at Fordham. Yeah, Gage, who's at Bryant. But these a lot of these guys that played Division Three, played Division Two. You know, that are just happen to be coaching at a higher level. And then even like for the youth coaches, I'm really excited to have Rob Kramer back, and actually his brother Jim, the head coach at New Hartford, are both on the ticket in the lineup. And Rob. Uh, who, who, who runs a lot of, uh, of camps, college prep camp, let it fly camps, is just going to talk about youth quarterback development. So I think that's just a – you don't want to miss, you know, Rob's talk. Uh, we've got uh, Curtis Schmidt, the head Whitesboro coach, my neighbor, will be there speaking as well. And, like, you talk about it's a bizarre football time, right? I got to watch the Whitesboro-New Hartford game for three quarters, right? It was wild. I had to leave when it was 21-7 because we had our scrimmage at four – and then what a great game that was uh, where Whitesboro ended up pulling it out in overtime. But you had two, you know, two guys and Jim Kramer from Oneida, Curtis Schmidt, who played here at Whitesboro, that they were grad assistant at Springfield College together going, battling, you know, and, and making an impact on, on the youth here in the area. So we got quite the mix of high school and college coaches. Uh, with the new guidelines, we can have 100 people in person. And I've been, you know, football is best done in person, whether it's, whether it's for the kids or the coaches, you know. It's all about those relationships. So we're real excited to be able to roll this out on the 14th. Well, I mean, you're coaching Division Three. We've got Division One in Central New York. Maybe we'll throw in Division Two. We can talk youth. We can talk high school football, 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 and it'll benefit anybody that's coaching on any level anywhere in Central New York. If you want to look into it, it's the Mohawk Valley Football Coaches Clinic, and Blaze Fagiano is with us here on ESPN Radio, uh, Hearts Hill in Whitesboro, Friday, May 14th. Uh, registration's eight in the morning. Uh, it's, uh, I guess uh, I'm seeing TNT football camps, which is yours, and that's where people can go to register if I have my information correct. It's tntfootballcamps.com. Correct me if I'm wrong, Blaze. 
No, no, it's, it's TNTFootballCamps.com, and that's where I run, we run. You know, I run my football camps through that LLC and, and now the clinic. And, uh, you know, the, the history on that is I'm a young coach, and there's like there was one lineman camp in the whole state, and it was all day. And it was just for offensive linemen. And I remember having the idea, like, you got to have a lineman camp. got to have a lineman camp. And so the TNT comes from technique in the trenches, and we came up with TNT. And I've been doing that now. The Rochester is the original one for 25 years, which is crazy. And now we're, we're going to be, you know, we do that lineman camp now. It's all over. We, we Last year we did it at CNS High School. Uh, we're going to do it at Waverly High School at Section 4. And literally just found out today we're going to run our lineman camp at Accelerate Sports this summer. I just had a great talk with the owner and manager there. We're going to have our youth football camp at Accelerate Sports. We're going to have our lineman camp there. And we're also going to have, which is always a big, big to-do in the area, our high school team camp that our high school coaches love doing. And, we're, and so I, that literally just happened today. We're able to, to work, out, work something out with Accelerate Sports because totally understand at Utica College, we're not going to have any outside groups this summer. You know, and, and, and I get it. You know, we got to really be focused on our opening in the fall. You know, and, and the college, hey, listen, you just have to take your camps elsewhere. You'll know, have them back here in a year. we got all kinds of construction going on at the college, too, where hopefully here in the next few weeks we're going to start putting in our – it's almost now a $4, $4 million facility, turf, lights, track, field. Uh, you know, we have a lot going on. So we had to kind of find a different venue to do these things. And, you know, the camp for me is always first about giving back to the football community, Right making sure that I have like a coach for every five to 10 kids. So they really get coached, you know, then it's the camaraderie of the coaches talking football and getting better at the game besides just working with the, with the young athletes, you know, and, uh, you know, so it's something I really enjoy doing. And I was just talking to my staff. We're just excited to, I mean, the fall was, it was tough the fall. I mean, we've been playing football our whole lives and like to not have football in New York in the fall. That was that was brutal. It was <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it certainly it was. We got made to, you appreciate it. You know, made you appreciate the game that much more. You know, we got about a minute left. But uh, glue guy, I know you want to sneak in a couple of NFL questions uh, before we close things out with Blaze. Yeah, Blaze, uh, we want to let the uh, listeners get to know you a little bit more and where your passions are. Obviously, you're a huge Browns fan. Well, we know that. Huge. So, talk about your expectations for the team. What you liked about last year, and where the team can build. Going into the season, and he's a B team, uh, Bills Mafia. Yes. So go ahead, B team, B team Bills. I so wanted the Browns to win and see Browns Bills would have been great. That would have been a great championship game. Uh, I'll tell you what, the, the Brown when you when you can play great defense and, and run the ball. I mean, you gotta love the two running backs, right? The one two punch, how they support each other. It's just great for young kids to watch. You know, where other teams they're complaining and moaning, who doesn't get enough carries? I don't have enough catches. And to watch those two guys at running back was, was, was just outstanding. Listen, Baker Mayfield, I'm going to go back to when they had, like, the, the, the Heisman commercial from two years ago, right? Joe Theismann. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, it wasn't Joe Theismann. It, <laughs> it, was our, it was the 49ers quarterback. And I just played that. Garoppolo. Huh? No, 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 no. The, 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 our Super Bowl uh, champ, um, Montana? Montana or Steve Young? Uh, Joe Montana hands the football to Baker Mayfield. My dad and I, my dad's a huge Browns fan, right? My dad and I were like on speaker every quarter in the second Steelers game with the, with the snap over the guy's head. And mm-hmm. 
I tell you, they're going to be a tough team. I really think they have a, a legitimate chance to, to go in for to go into a Super Bowl for sure. And we'll see what Clowney does since they've added him to that roster. Yeah, they could surprise you this Ooh. year. Blaze, thanks for the time. Uh, we got to step into a break, but we always love talking to you. We'll catch up again very soon. And uh, best of luck with the first ever Mog Valley Football Coaches Clinic anywhere in Central New York. If you want to get better at your craft, that's what you do. And the last word, Blaze. Hey guys, thank you for having me. Fear the moose. This is ESPN Radio and the Sportzilla Show. The last thing we'll say today next. The Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Hello? Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. For our Syracuse Oswego Utica Rome listeners, we'll be back at 6 o'clock. Matt and I with Yankees on deck, that's for sure. Red Sox fan Brent Axe, though, I'm sure he's going to be talking more about something that we have discussed heavily today. Jimmy Bayheim, of course, transferring in for his final year eligibility to play with his brother, Buddy, and Jim Bayheim at Syracuse. Uh, there is a Zoom with Jimmy coming up at 4 o'clock. I'm sure Brent, at some point, a little bit later on, will have some of that audio and discuss his answers to whatever questions are posed to him. And, of course, we're in-game for the Utica Comets right now, right? Yes. So, so keep updated it's, on uh, that. Tied two two. Tied two two as it stands right now. I just I can't I I just can't say it enough. I'm very happy for the Bayheim family in general, let alone the basketball aspect of this. I think Jimmy can play. It's all worked out in the end. CSPN Radio, and we will see you again on Monday. Well, unless you're with us at six for Yankees on deck.